Hello, Instructional Redesign listeners. It's Joe Suarez. Have you ever gone back and looked at a first draft of something you created? Chances are you thought to yourself, wow, I've really come a long way since the beginning of this project. Or, wow, I'm really glad this will never see the light of day. But then there are those exceptions to the rule, where you look at the first draft and you say to yourself, there's actually something good going on here that didn't make it into the final product. Maybe I can form something new out of this. That's kind of what happened to me recently when I went back and listened to a test episode as a proof of concept for whether this podcast would even work. Even though our production value is a little low in this case because we were just testing things out and we weren't sure if it would ever see the light of day, the conversation was still really good and I think it's something you'll get value out of. That's why today I'm going to go ahead and post this lost episode. Kara, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing lovely, myself. So today I'd like to talk to you about personal learning networks, PLNs. I came across a good definition by Jane Hart. She describes a PLN as a network of trusted connections with whom an individual interacts and learns from on a regular basis. So I agree with that statement, but I'd add two clarifiers to it. So the first would be Uh, network can be both people and organizations. So organizations like ATD, like we just mentioned, the Learning Guild, the Articulate Community, uh, organizations like that. And then the other thing I would add is that as an introvert, I personally draw more value from my PLN, uh, from, from the resources that the people in my network are sharing or the thoughts that they're putting out into the world. And that doesn't necessarily require true social interaction. I can follow lots of people who would otherwise have no idea that I exist, but I can still partake in the resources that they're sharing and the things that they're expressing. So Kara, given that, on what end of the spectrum would you put yourself? Are you more of the social interaction type or are you more of the introvert, lurker, consumer of resources like I am? That's an interesting question. I kind of put myself right in the middle. I, you know, years ago, going off Myers-Briggs, if you can believe that, 10 years ago when I took it, I was more of an extrovert, and that was right out of college. I felt the world was mine to have, so yeah, I was completely extroverted. But I find the older that I get, kind of the more introverted that I've become in general. And I don't know if that's just because... It's hard to get out there as an adult and make connections sometimes, or if it's just because I'm becoming more choosy with how I spend my time. I'm not really sure the answer to that, but I do feel like I'm kind of right in the middle of that spectrum. There are days that I'm extremely introverted. I want to get value out of kind of just by lurking, as Joe said, in a community. But then there's days I kind of want to take the bull by the horns and I want to say, hey, I want to make a bigger impact in this particular organization or I have something to give back to this organization and I want to be a part of it. Very nice. So another question I have for you is what kind of people or organizations do you have in your PLN? Another really good question. And I liked the fact that you gave a definition and also gave a little bit of clarification around it. I guess admittedly, I probably have had a PLN before I knew it was a PLN. It's quite fascinating that, you know, we're in the space of 
learning and development and we constantly need to learn. We constantly need to upskill ourselves in order to not only stay competitive in, let's say, the job market, but also to give the best learning experience to our learners. With that being said, I'll say that there's several different parts of my PLN that I have. The first would be what I think a lot of people use is probably Google. I I think that Google is a big part of anyone's PLN right now. I mean, even our learners, if they come across something that they're not sure what it is, they'll go to Google most often and try to figure out what that is. I also get a lot of value out of social media. So I have a pretty robust Twitter profile, LinkedIn to some degree, and also Facebook, although I want to talk about Facebook a little bit more in depth later. But particular organizations, I like to watch what's going on on the national front with ATD. I do like some Twitter chats, so I try to be a part of the Learn Chat. that happens on Thursdays at 8.30, ran by Jane Bozar. I also like what Jane Hart puts out there, so I I do like the fact that you used her definition in the beginning. I think that she has a lot of value to our community, and she's also British, so I think that's pretty cool that she gives a different perspective. In the last few months, I've become active in another community called the TLDC, which is the Training Learning Development Community. It's a live stream show that happens weekdays. Our time, it happens right around lunchtime from 11 a.m. to 12. And I really like that particular community because a lot of our thought leaders in this particular field are participants in this community. So you have the opportunity to speak directly to a lot of people that are constantly publishing or constantly presenting at national events. So I I found a lot of value in that and the fact that they focus on us as a community. So if there's a day they want to talk about, hey, tell us about a time you've had difficulties working in teams, you're able to hop on and your perspective is respected. I also really enjoy reading different articles that are out there, but you kind of have to take them with a grain of salt. So figuring out what are good sources for different webinars and articles are good. So anything vested by ATD or the training network are usually pretty good things to read. But again, it's a lot of stuff out there. So learning how to manage all of that, I think is also part of the success of having a successful PLN is how do you manage all the different nuggets of information out there and how do you triage? How do you want to receive your information and how can you get the most bang for your buck with your time? Right. It, it definitely is hard to strike that balance between consuming lots of great information and actually getting some work done, right? So you mentioned the TLDC chats that happen Monday through Friday. I've been joining in on those as well, and, and I would definitely agree that that's a great resource that is out there right now. That's currently happening through a website called Crowdcast, and it's a nice platform where the host can have a, a live stream. It's almost like a browser-based Skype call, really. So the, the host can have a video feed going, and then they can add additional people. I think it's up to four. And then there's a chat, uh, text-based chat happening on the side that you can join into. So I want to take a step back, because you mentioned some tools that you use for your PLN. You mentioned 
both Twitter and LinkedIn, and I'd like to ask you a question about how you use those two, because LinkedIn is kind of a more professional place where everyone has their resume posted and their profile and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's more uh, professionally driven, and as a result, people are more self-curated, to, so to speak. What are the differences in how you use LinkedIn and Twitter? For Twitter, I kind of use it twofold. One, obviously, for the social element, interacting with people that publish an article that I enjoy or interacting with folks that maybe I came across in a conference or something. I find Twitter very good for what I call extending the virtual handshake. So if somebody wrote something that really helped me or left an impact on me, I tweet them and say, hey, I really enjoyed and I appreciate what you put out there. And I think that that's a good way of kind of extending again that what I'm going to call that virtual handshake from just reading something and having it have an impact on you, but then not sharing that back, I think is detrimental because I think that's a big reason why people share their information and what they have out there is because they they do want people to have value out of it. And just, just a simple thank you, I think is, is always helpful. As far as LinkedIn goes, I like to follow different communities on LinkedIn. As far as people that publish things on LinkedIn for the most part, and again, this is just my opinion, I think that there's always an agenda and a spin. And I'm not saying that that's not the case on Twitter, but I do think that sometimes people writing about a particular tool or how they process something is a little bit more authentic if it's published on Twitter to me than LinkedIn, just because I feel like LinkedIn is all about the recruiting and the sales pitchy, that kind of stuff. So as far as LinkedIn goes, again, I'm more of a community-based person in that regard, whereas Twitter, I try to interact with the individual contributor if possible. Right. And I've written a few posts on LinkedIn myself, and it's definitely a different audience base that you're reaching out to, and you definitely have different motives for why you're writing on LinkedIn. But in addition to that, they also have very impressive analytics on the back end where I'm able to go in and see what companies people are from that are viewing my my article and things like that. So that's that's some pretty impressive stats to know where I probably wouldn't get anything near as detailed if I were to just publish that on my own personal blog. So you mentioned Facebook. What I'd like to know more about that because personally, I've kind of abandoned Facebook for the most part and will just share photos with my family for the most part. How are you using Facebook as part of your personal learning network? I think Facebook is the... OG of social media, if you will. And it, I'm amazed how many people have a Facebook account. I, every, it seems like everybody has a Facebook account. I mean, my cat has a Facebook account. I find Facebook a very personal medium, just like you shared about how you share your, your photos on there. I feel like once somebody has kind of crossed that bridge with me of just like an acquaintance to a friend, I feel like there's a lot of value adding them as a friend, so to speak, on Facebook. But here's my caveat to that. I have had Facebook since 2004 when I was a student at the University of Kentucky. And you can do the math there. There's about 13 years of what I'm going to say my formative life experiences 
20-year-old me is not the same as current age me. So one thing that I've done with Facebook, and this was suggested to me by a couple coworkers, is I actually have a second Facebook account with my same name, but obviously it has a different profile picture. It's my work headshot, and in the particular little bio space underneath the picture, it says this is my professional Facebook and everything shared on this particular Facebook doesn't reflect the opinions of my employer. And what I do with that particular Facebook is I end up sharing a lot of the content from my Twitter that I curate onto the Facebook. So I very rarely log in and put in different things on that particular Facebook account. I just have it automatically curate what I'm doing on my Twitter, whether that's coming directly from Feedly or Nuzzle, which I'm a huge fan of Nuzzle right now. And what I found is there are people that I have met on different events that have found that particular Facebook and they've added that and I'm able to see kind of the stuff that they share that they might not necessarily share on like LinkedIn or Twitter. And I I like seeing that side of a person because it's just like a different angle on somebody. That's great. And that's a great strategy to have two accounts. I tried having a a page is that what it's called where you you know you have your personal account and then you have a page yeah i think so something so i tried to keep that for my professional side of facebook and you know i got like 40 likes from all the people that i shared it with on facebook and then after that just nothing really happened with it so i ended up closing it i didn't have as much luck as it sounds like like you're doing so maybe i should try that um setting up a separate account thing so i'd like to tell my personal learning network story. It goes back to around 2008. And at the time I was working on a small training team of four people for a mid-sized company. And we were tasked with hosting lunch and learns for our home office that had about 200 people in it. Unfortunately, once they found out that lunch was not provided, the attendance dropped significantly. So there, there was only about Oh no, three to five people that would show up at each one of these things, but we had to carry on nonetheless. So I would do topics that were in my wheelhouse, such as, do you need Photoshop to edit images? The answer is no, you don't. You can do it with cheap or free tools, uh, how to back up your files, how to organize and tag your photos and things like that. My instructional designer colleague took a different approach. So eventually he found a good niche with showing TED Talks, like two or three TED Talks that had like a common theme among them. And then he would have a discussion with people in the room. But originally he started out with a very ambitious goal, which was to get other people in the company to build their own personal learning network. And he would go into how to do that, with the advantages of doing that, And I don't know if he really convinced anybody else in the company to do it, but he convinced me in the process. Hearing him talk about how you could set up through RSS feeds an aggregate of all these different resources online, Twitter was just launching around this time. So he showed me the benefit of Twitter, which I'd heard about, but I really didn't see how it it could be of much value to me until that point. So just to kind of chart the progression of my own learning experiences with one individual that used to be in my personal learning network, his name is Jeffrey Zeldman, and he's been considered the godfather of the internet because he's one of the people that championed this idea that this 
thing we call the internet that's open and free should adhere to one standard of coding practices. And as a result of that occurring over time, browsers now don't compete by writing their own proprietary code, which means that I can open up something in Chrome on my, my mobile phone and it'll still work on Firefox on my desktop or Safari on an iPad. So we have people like Jeffrey Zeldman to thank for that. Back in the day, we'll say the late 90s, early 2000s, if I wanted to learn something from Jeffrey Zeldman, I would need to go buy his book. Then you flash forward to the early 2000s, now I can more freely go out to the internet and read, I'll call them proto-blogs, because they weren't called blogs at the time, but people sharing their thoughts and opinions online, early places that were writing articles, like A List Apart, which is a website that Jeffrey Zeldman started. It was a website that was championing new ideas of how to do web design and web development. And then flash forward to the story that I was talking about. Now I have the option of following Jeffrey on Twitter and I can see his thought process as he's expressing it in real time before he writes the blog posts that gets turned into a book. So that was the, the epiphany for me was that now I can have these resources shared with me almost in real time. So over time, by the aggregation of RSS feeds into Google Reader and following more and more people on Twitter, I, I valued my PLN more and more to the point where I would come into work in the morning and I would check my Google Reader before I would check my email inbox. I view that period between, we'll say, 2008 and 2012 as, as being very formative and a very accelerated learning process for me. So that brings us to today, the tools I use now instead of Google Reader, which closed, I think, around 2012. I use Feedly, like Kara mentioned. I'm not familiar with, you said Nuggle? Nuzzle. Nuzzle. <laughs> okay. What is that? So Nuzzle is kind of like feed Feedly, but it's a little bit different. So with Nuzzle, what you can do is it brings up, you sign in with your social media credentials, and it will show you what are the top things that your friends are sharing, what are the top things that your friends of friends are sharing. Plus, depending on what you're interested in, you can star these particular articles that you find interesting or different artifacts. And it will create a newsletter for you that you can share on your social media or you can email it out. And it also is pretty good because you can completely customize this newsletter and it's free and it, it looks pretty good. Like I said, I haven't really sent any of them out or anything, but I like the fact that you have that option. So Nuzzle, N-U-Z-Z-E-L, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. That sounds like exactly what I should be getting into. Um, another one that I haven't used as much lately is Flipboard. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. It's more, I mean, you, you definitely can set it up to connect to your different accounts. I was using it, using it more for aggregation of like news stories and articles, but it sounds like it might be able to do some of the same kind of stuff with Nuzzle. And I do know of individuals that create their own boards, I believe they're called, where it's just a curation of, of different um, articles, usually based around an event like like a conference or something like that. Yes, and another tool that I like to use is called BuzzSumo, and that particular tool is really awesome. You don't even need an account for BuzzSumo, and what you do is you pick a particular topic that you're interested in, 
let's say gamification and you can type that in the search bar and it runs the course it aggregates and checks all different articles and artifacts shared about gamification across Facebook and Twitter and it will show you what the very top shared across the entire network of gamification articles and artifacts are. And this is great because it shows you exactly what is being shared. It'll show you how many people have shared it on Twitter, how many people have shared it on LinkedIn, how many people have shared it on Facebook. And it just gives you a really quick and dirty view of what is the top stuff going out there about a particular topic. And if you're really interested in that kind of stuff and you really want the hard data on it, I believe it's actually $79 a month, but you can sign up for a BuzzSumo account that way and it will give you the data, the very granular data of who individually shared and liked this particular article and artifact. So that could be extremely powerful for a number of reasons, but for myself, I don't need to go that deep right now. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to build their own PLN? I think there's a couple of things for you to do if you're looking to build a really robust PLN. I believe one, I think you really need to immerse yourself into it really focus on the collaboration, focus on who are the thought leaders, what are the topics that you're interested in. And I also think that it's important at some point, maybe not right away, but get involved with sharing. People are are kind enough to share kind of their thoughts on a particular topic. And again, you might not feel like a complete expert, but there's a lot of value and varying perspectives in this particular field, right? So we all have different stories on how we ended up as an instructional designer. So don't be afraid to share your own perspectives. You'd really be surprised how many people appreciate just the way that you think about something or how you approach a particular product. One other tip, don't be afraid to go old school. I still actually have dinners and lunches with colleagues that I've had throughout the years. Don't be afraid to still have that face-to-face interaction. There's a lot of value in that sharing cup of coffee and talking about how things are going and different problems and challenges that you have. One of my favorite examples of this is a former coworker of mine. She really valued her PLN and talking to people throughout central Ohio about different learning and development issues. She ended up going to lunch one day with one of her people in her PLN and they were talking through a problem. And the lady said to my former coworker, I really appreciate the way that you think about things. I'd love to have somebody like you on my team. To which my coworker, former coworker at the time responded, "Well, make me an offer." So because of that that relationship and because of her thoughts and her willingness to help, she ended up getting a uh, job offer and she's still at that particular organization today. So there is a lot of value in cultivating those relationships for sure. While I haven't been offered a job because of my PLN, I started my freelance adventures because of my PLN. Um, Somebody I was following on Twitter that had his own business, I met up with at a conference and I just flat out asked him, hey, do you ever need somebody to help you with your graphic work or, or your course development? And he said, actually, yeah. 
he was my first client as a result, and I've since gotten a few more clients uh, via Twitter. So um, not only can we uh, find resources to help us in our continuous learning, but we can also find job opportunities as well. So in addition to what you presented us with, I would add that especially initially, don't be afraid to lurk. Lurking just, it sounds like a weird term, but it just means that you're you're only following people. You're not really contributing to the discussions, especially if you're an extreme introvert. You don't have to jump into the conversations right away. There's nothing wrong with scanning one of these Twitter chats after the fact to get value from it. But I think on the opposite end of the spectrum, eventually you want to contribute because just in general, you don't just want to be a taker, you want to be a giver as well, right? So you want to contribute things to the community that has offered so much, right? One final piece of advice I would give to our listeners, they should add us to their PLN. Absolutely. Where can people find you to do that? On Twitter, you can find me at KaraNorth11, so C-A-R-A, North, like the direction, and then the number 1-1. On LinkedIn, you can also find me, I believe, at Kara North 11 and on Facebook, Kara North 11. And I'm on Twitter at Joseph underscore Suarez, and you can visit josephsuarez.com to find out where else I am online. And with that, we're going to wrap up for today. Kara, I will talk to you next time. 